Trump couldn't possibly be a Russian asset, could he? Imagine you're the FBI overseeing national security and a candidate for president of the United States hired to run his campaign, a man who'd taken $66 million from Russian intelligence services via Putin-friendly oligarchs, helped Russia install their own puppet government in Ukraine in 2010, was paid a million dollars a year to help corrupt dictator Mobuto Seko of Zaire, now the Democratic Republic of Congo, fight against democracy and maintain power, forced his party to remove references in their platform to defending Ukrainian democracy, gave a Russian intelligence agent top-secret insider campaign information about voters in six swing states so they could run an ultimately successful micro-targeted Facebook campaign to help the candidate, offered to run the campaign for free because he'd been well compensated by Russian intelligence services, and then repeatedly lied to the FBI about his connections to Putin and Russia, leading to his being charged, convicted, and imprisoned until that candidate pardoned him. Imagine that candidate had visited Moscow with his Soviet citizen wife, whose father was a Soviet agent, and been groomed all the way back in 1987 by Russian intelligence, then Soviet intelligence, the KGB, to run for president. That he came back from that 1987 trip to Moscow and spent $100,000 to run full-page ads in three major U.S. newspapers, urging America to abandon and leave defenseless its allies in Europe and Asia. That he then went to New Hampshire a month later and did a campaign rally to see if there was enough support for him to run for president. The U.S. intelligence officers reported that the 1987 ad and campaign for president led to a champagne-laced celebration in Moscow, with Putin calling it one of their most successful infiltration and influence campaigns in decades. Imagine if during his campaign for the White House, that president, when only a candidate, had inked a secret deal with Russia to earn hundreds of millions of dollars by putting a hotel with his name on it in Moscow and kept it concealed from the American public throughout the campaign. Imagine that he made extensive use of his opponent's emails that had been hacked by Russian intelligence services, who then ran a Facebook operation hyping that same information that reached 26 million targeted Americans in six swing states, helping him win the electoral college vote. Imagine that during the 2016 campaign, an insider with Russian connections learned that Russia had successfully hacked this candidate's opponent's emails on behalf of the candidate before the hack was revealed on WikiLeaks during the DNC, where his opponent was nominated for president. Imagine that candidate became president 29 years later after his first Moscow trip and his first weeks in office, presumably as thanks for their help, invited the Russian ambassador and the Russian foreign minister to a covert meeting in the Oval Office and gave them top-secret information on a spy about whom Russia had been concerned. That spy was then burned. Imagine that this was nothing new for that president's party, that two presidents before him had gained the White House by treasonous collaboration with openly hostile foreign powers, North Vietnam in 68 and Iran in 1980. The congressional members of his own party would then go on to vote against compiling information about war crimes committed in Ukraine by Russia. That a senator from that party by the name of Rand Paul made a private trip to Russia to hand-deliver possibly stolen, sealed documents to Putin's intelligence service given him in confidence by that president. Imagine that president had a series of nearly 20 secret telephone conversations with Putin for which the records of what was said no longer exist, and then unilaterally, in defiance of both Congress and the law, blocked military aid to Ukraine while Russia was massing troops on its borders. 
and then followed those up with a years-long campaign to destroy NATO, which was Russia's top military concern, and openly praised and deferred to Putin while trash-talking American intelligence services. Imagine that the FBI worked with a special prosecutor named Mueller to determine the extent of Russian involvement in the, in the 2016 election and found that Russian interference in the 2016 election was sweeping and systemic, brought indictments against 37 individuals, including six Trump advisors and 26 Russian nationals, secured seven guilty pleas or convictions, and found compelling evidence that the president himself had stonewalled or lied to investigators and obstructed justice on multiple occasions referred 14 criminal matters to the Justice Department where the president's hand-picked attorney general who'd helped President George H.W. Bush cover up the Iran-Contra treason scandal in 1992 ignored them and let them lapse. Uncovered five specific examples of the president criminally obstructing justice in ways that could easily have been prosecuted. Imagine that when that president ran for re-election, Russia again came to his aid by hacking his 2020 opponent's family members, both looking for and trying to plant damaging information suggesting his opponent's family was corrupt. That Russia then spread rumors across social media of that effect on the, campaign, on the candidate's behalf in the months before the election. Imagine that, he nevertheless lost, that when he nevertheless lost, Russian intelligence officers used social media to amplify his claims that the election was stolen leading to an attempted coup conspiracy involving the assassination of the vice president and the Speaker of the House. Imagine that the FBI, in part during that president's time in office, compiled material for a report concluding that, quote, throughout the 2020 election, Russia's online influence actors sought to amplify mistrust in the electoral process by denigrating mail-in ballots, highlighting alleged irregularities, and accusing the Democratic Party of voter fraud, end quote. So if you were in the FBI and knew all that, how do you imagine you'd react? Would you want to dig deeper to determine if an agent of a hostile power was trying to co-op or even destroy America from within, a la the Manchurian candidate? Yesterday, we learned that Trump humper John Durham, a former federal prosecutor who should know better, can't imagine any of this. He issued a 306-page report on his well-paid four-year investigation in a futile effort to salvage his reputation or burnish it with Trump claiming that the FBI really had no basis to investigate the possibility that the 2016 Trump campaign might have been infiltrated or corrupted by Russian intelligence. Durham wrote that there was, quote, a complete lack of information from the intelligence com community that corroborated the hypothesis upon which the 2016 crossfire investigation of Trump's connections to Russia and Putin was predicated, end quote. I have to admit, I almost spit out my coffee when reading that line. During the course of his $6.6 million investigation, Durham pressed charges against two people, costing each a fortune in legal fees and damaging their reputations. And in both cases, the individuals were exonerated by a jury of their peers. Durham later claimed that he was misunderstood by the media and that he brought the charges not because he thought he could easily win the cases, but because he was interested in defining the narrative, apparently in a way that would be favorable to Trump. Quote, Defense counsel has presumed the government's Durham's bad faith and asserts that the special counsel's office, Durham's office, intentionally sought to politicize this case, inflame media coverage, and taint the jury pool, Durham wrote last year. That is simply not true. If third parties or members of the media have overstated, understated, or otherwise misinterpreted facts contained in the government's motion, that does not in any way undermine the valid reasons for the government's inclusion of this information, end quote. 
When Bill Barr and John Durham took multiple taxpayer-funded luxury trips to Italy to interrogate that government, that country's government about possible FBI wrongdoing in the hurricane crossfire investigation of Trump and Russia, they instead discovered evidence of specific financial crimes committed by Trump himself that were so serious they aborted the trip and Barr authorized himself to dig deeper. The details of those Trump crimes aren't mentioned in yesterday's Durham report, and there's no explanation for their absence. Barr's digging was, perhaps, simply another cover-up. Apparently, Durham's imagination couldn't extend to the possibility that Trump has been a Russian agent for at least 30 years and continues to be one to this day. After all, there's obviously no connection between him and Russia, right?